This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. So you have to deal with the scale before you can really, uh, on the equipment side of it, uh, fix the problems with the equipment, but the scale also adds flavor to our coffee and our beverage. So you have to have so much mineral content in it to get a quality beverage uh, for coffee or espresso. That's Phil Freilich from the Florida Water Quality Association talking about treating water for coffee. And welcome to another episode of WQA Radio, news and insights about residential, commercial, and industrial water treatment. Find us at wqa.org, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. This is podcast number 102. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. In this episode, we'll hear highlights from our 2018 podcasts. First up, Phil Freilix. I spoke with him after his presentation, Treating Water for Coffee, at the WQA Convention and Exposition in Denver this past March. All right, well, Phil, first of all, thank you very much for joining us on WQA Radio. It's nice to uh, have you uh, on the program to talk about a very interesting topic. We just got out of your presentation at the WQA convention where you presented the topic of uh, treating water for coffee. So, Phil, tell us a little bit about that. I tweeted out while you were talking a sort of a general overview that the change the quality of water and you can affect the taste of coffee without changing anything else in the process, the beans or, or anything else. That's correct. Uh, just by treating the water to getting out the, the chemicals, the iron, uh, the chloramines out of the water supply, you can actually improve the quality of the, the bean, the flavor of the coffee, and the aroma coming out of the coffee, along with protecting your equipment in, internally. And some of that's the key that we, we look at on the water filtration side is, is the balance between the quality in the cup and protecting the equipment. What are some of the biggest challenges with, as, if, as it affects the equipment and as it affects the taste? Well, the biggest problem that we have is, is in this industry as a whole is dealing with the scale that comes out of the water. So you have to deal with the scale before you can really, uh, on the equipment side of it, uh, fix the problems with the equipment, but the scale also adds flavor to our coffee and our beverage. So you have to have so much mineral content in it to get a quality beverage uh, for coffee or espresso. And typically that's between three and five grains of carbonate hardness or temporary hardness in the water supply. And uh, with this, you get a lot more cream out of the coffee and your aromas actually pick up because the hardness minerals in there. So it's sort of a Goldilocks approach. You want, it, you want some, but you don't want too much, right? You, you want it just right. Correct. Uh, and there's, there's, there's specifications out there on TDS, and, and you know, we look at TDS as one of the issues, but we don't focus on that. Uh, it is focused when we look at uh, espresso-based coffees because the equipment is much more delicate and has uh, higher problems with scale and, and formation of scale coming through some of the ports within the espresso equipment. On drip brew, we can actually uh, loosen our, our specifications up on, on TDS and some of the, the pHs of the water 
because we're not necessarily uh, looking at those things to give us a better quality of cup, but it's also protecting our equipment so we can go to a higher ratio of TDS and still get a good quality cup, but protect our equipment as well. And TDS for those who don't know? A total dissolved solids. Okay. Now, coffee also has a total dissolved solids, so that's measured with a fractometer. So they measure the TDS of the coffee uh, in a different way than we measure water. Okay. What is your preference as far as acidity, alkalinity, uh, am I getting those terms correct? What, what, what's your preference in terms of the right balance? Uh, my preference isn't always what the industry wants. So, uh, Alkalinity is, is a key factor that we look at uh, because alkalinity plays a, a role in the carbonate hardness. So, Alkalinity at, at 120 is ideal. Uh, I would take it anywhere up to 180. I know the industry wants it down on, on espresso, down in the, into the 20 range. Uh, that's not always possible to do, and then you also have a tendency to raise the pH of the water up when the alkalinity drops as low as well, too. So um, my standards that uh, I brew at home, I use a, an RO system. Uh, I do use a little bit less coffee in that. That's not the, the standard of the industry. So most people would have to, to play with an RO and, and use that, that water quality that comes out of it. Uh, but what you're finding in the food service industry is that McDonald's and Starbucks and accounts like that do use RO on the espresso-based drink best, uh, coffees, not necessarily on the drip brew. What do you think of the cold brew process and, uh, you know, good, bad, and different, or, or what is different about it? Because I know sometimes it seems to have a different taste when it is served cold than hot coffee allowed to cool. Yeah, cold brew has a tendency to have a, a, um, a mellower flavor. So you get uh, not as acidic on your tongue, so when you're drinking the coffee, it has a better flavor and a better aftertaste. Uh, it's actually produced a little bit differently where drip brew is actually done within a five to six minute period over so many pounds of coffee. Uh, cold brew is, is done where the coffee sits in the water for a period of anywhere from 12 to 24 hours or longer depending on what brew they're mixing. Uh, and then it's served over ice. But uh, if you treat the water for that by removing the chlorine, the chloramines, uh, particles, and the iron from the water supply, you're going to get it consistent on your cold brew. That was Phil Freilich talking about treating water for coffee, one of our interviews at the WQA convention in Denver last March. Next, we'll hear part of my interview with Chip Howes following his presentation at the convention in Denver about treating water for brewing beer. Chip, first of all, thank you very much for joining us on WQA Radio. Fascinating presentation that we just heard from you at the WQA convention about uh, treating water for brewing beer. It's kind of an interesting topic, and one of the things that I took away, and I tweeted it out while you were talking, was your statement that you were surprised at how many craft breweries don't treat their water at all. I understand, and, and I, I don't have, honestly, an explanation for that. I think that, and this is just my opinion, but I think it comes from their industry in terms of the fact that to the little, you know, if they started as a home brewer and grew from there, they all they got was information on brewing. They didn't get any information on water treatment, so they just assumed that using the tap water was what they should do, and they just carried that through. You know, and that's so interesting because one of the best advertising campaigns for years was Hams, the land of sky blue waters, as if the water mattered. 
Exactly. Well, and I think being the fact that I grew up in Chicago and my father and grandfather both drank hams, I heard that as a kid. Yeah. And then I moved out here to Colorado and I heard pure Rocky Mountain spring water. And so it gives everybody the perception, not that water is important, but this water is so good uh, that nothing has to be done with it. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. So having said that, what are some of the keys to brewing beer that uh, people in our industry would want to know if they were to service a particular brewery in their hometown? I think that the most important thing is to talk to, get to know the brewmaster through the process of, uh, as, as I mentioned in the talk, just um, visiting the, brew, the brewery, sitting down at the bar, having a drink, and then complimenting the brewmaster, getting to come out and talk to you, and ask him how he feels about the taste of the water. Because it's all about, it's all about what imparts taste to the water. So I think the biggest thing that we're going to find going after is chloramine removal and understanding how to do that. That's what I was going to ask next, is what elements that have to be removed from the water, in your opinion, and what shouldn't be removed or perhaps added back in? Well, I think that the two things that, as in any beverage industry, the two most important things are going to be chlorine and chloramine. Chip House talking to us in Denver this past March. Those discussions were among the highlights of WQA Radio in 2018. For all of our past interviews, go to blog.wqa.org. Now our WQA tip. I want to make sure you have the WQA Business Boot Camp on your to-do list in 2019. Get strategic planning tips and tools to take your business to the next level with this special one-day workshop, April 26, 2019. It's one day after the WQA convention and exposition in Las Vegas. Now, topics include finance, planning for profitability, human resources, achieving results through employee engagement, and leadership, developing the leader within you. Sounding pretty good, isn't it? Sign up for Boot Camp when you register for the WQA convention. Go to wqa.org slash convention. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, news and insights about residential, commercial, and industrial water treatment. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just search for WQA Radio, then hit subscribe. Each new podcast will appear in your podcast catcher or podcast player automatically each week. That's the magic of podcasting. And be sure to rate and review the podcast as well. Learn more about water at WQA.org and learn more about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at WQA.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio.